another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. It's got oh, flavor pass to the it. feathers and brush off the crumbs. That's got mass. I'm trying not to Oh, you can't smell it. Welcome, folks, to ScotchCast number 46. Of course he's taping. I am Master Torgo. I am a Dr. Vlar. The famous Paul. And 80s Jeff. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek, but uh, before we go to Weekend Geek, there's a few things I, I want to talk to you guys about. Because okay. uh, I want to get your opinions on this. Game Room for the Xbox 360 oh, was released. Uh. We've had a little time to, uh, to play with it. <laughs> You've had time to play with okay, it. Okay, I've had time to play I've with it. I've had time with to play it. with it. All right, so uh, what's, what's your impression so far? What do you think? Uh, I think that it had potential, but they released the wrong things for it to begin with. A lot of games that no one played when they were first out, why would they play them again now? Yeah, they, they put it out with some, some of the worst games. I bought two games. Turkeys. Two games. One okay. is this weird old yeah, I played, shooter. I went to your arcade and played your game. Did you like it? It's the weird, weird shooter. The weird shooter I couldn't is really even figure weird. out how to get really to other hard. people's arcades. And then Yars Revenge. Of course. Yars Revenge is great, but it's not an arcade game. Yeah, right. it's not. It's, it's a 2600 game. They so have Activision stuff, too. It's classic, but it's not an arcade game. No, it kind of bugs me. I You're, don't know. I, I like the Intellivision stuff they released. I like the Atari 2600 stuff they released. But yeah, you're right. Arcade just really fell flat. Jungler, is, I just love saying it. Jungler. But, but I tried, got to try it out. And he even did a little special. dance earlier. The jungler dance. I did. Ooh, do they have root beer tapper? Not yet. No. <laughs> but See, that's they because have root beer tapper. I they don't down. have anything like good that. yet. But isn't tapper already out on the uh, live arcade? Yes, I think it is. So I think tapper, it is. you probably won't see that. Uh, there's a lot of and games it's not that you're already out on the live recall. arcade, so why would I bother buying them again? Because I feel like I share with my friends. Again, doesn't play well with others. It's strange. It's strange. It's a strange setup. I hope I wish them success. I like the idea. I, I think they're feeling their their footing right now. I just it was a weird launch set. I think even weirder is the fact that we haven't seen another set of games yet from all these purported yeah. ones that are supposed to come. Well, maybe it's best down. that they just went ahead and shipped it out, you know, because it's gonna get it's got a lot of bugs that need to get worked out in it. Clearly, yeah. So you know, get it out there, get it fixed and running smooth. So when the good games do hit, everybody who wants to play will play able to play easily. Yeah. Right, but the emulation is. Perfect. I, I really feel I need to get an arcade stick to make it truly happen. Yeah, yeah. see, and I can use my I can use my lovely Street Fighter. It's the first time stick. I've wanted to get an arcade stick for the system, though. So I'll, we'll give it that. Well, there you go. Get a get a good. They got some really good three or uh, Street however, Fighter sticks coming out. However, that arcade stick has to have a trackball and and like a paddle <laughs> thing because you cannot not play Centipede. Without a trackball. Well, you can't do it. No. It sucks without one. Without that heavy-ass cue ball. Do you remember that arcade stick that on, Xbox there's made? There's one more. Tempest. No. Can't play that no, can't play without, that. The, without no. the knob. Without the knobby knob. Do you remember that 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 knobby stick knob. that Xbox made? It's like no. a, it's a, It looks like an old Atari stick. Oh, really? Stand-up stick. Really? Yeah. I don't remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with that at all. Well, that would help for the Atari games, but yeah. seriously, the play control is everything. And I cannot play Tempest, and I cannot play Centipede unless it's in the coin-op version. And yeah. I've never been able to with any other emulators. Mm-hmm. I can because I got I, I learned how to play that on a 400 back in the day. Dark 400. <laughs> Oy. Special training. It's good wow. stuff. 400 has some shit. Training wheels console. Uh, dude, that game was awesome. Or that, that system was awesome. It had the best home versions of all the games. It had real Pac-Man. I had real Pac-Man when I was a kid. Real really? Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the Atari version like we did? I had the Atari 400 Pac-Man. 
No. I have real Pac-Man on that 400 and the 800. Oh, you know what I used to love? What's that? In, um, in, the, in the 80s and 90s when people would be playing video games on TV and TV shows, uh-huh. you would see them playing Super Mario Brothers. But you'd hear the Pac-Man <laughs> yeah. sounds. Somebody what recorded that. Somebody recorded what that that sound effect, and it it was out there in the, you know, common properties there on some video lot. But yeah, it was always a. But Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I thought it was just some licensing thing. Only recently have people started to pay attention, and now they they do kind of pay attention about what the games are playing. Yeah, even on True Blood, they were playing uh, Tiger Woods uh, Golf on yeah, Wii. You could actually they see made it. a whole yeah. thing about it too. And, yeah, see, that's the deal. It's like in the Sarah Silverman program; those guys are always playing uh, games, and it's like well, they're in, a little more hip though. Well, it's well, it's it's an in show advertisement at this point. They've been True. pimping uh, wow. Dark Void. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, <laughs> poor wow. guys. Oh wow! <laughs> they got stuck with that. Clunker. <laughs> this is. I can see posing in right now. Oh, oh, I think. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I think he totally is tongue in cheek. So just like, oh wow, look at, look at me take cover from this bad guy. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and Barry, uh, you've been on chat roulette. How you? How's that going for you? Oh my god. Okay, I don't know how I didn't discuss. You no, know Barry's me... Wiener Tour of London. <laughs> my, my, my Wiener, Wiener Tour, tour of the Internet. <laughs> True, chat roulette is the Wiener Tour of the Internet. <laughs> if, for people who aren't aware. Chat Roulette's been around for a while. It's more popular across the pond, but it, it just got popular here recently, and it got a wave of popularity after um, ben uh, Gabe and Tycho from uh, oh, Penny yeah, Arcade started yeah. doing the I Will Draw You thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty much anything those guys touch gets flooded with traffic. Yeah. Uh, Chat Roulette is just the, you on your webcam connects to a random person in the world. That's it. So, of course, it's a wiener tour. Uh, most of the guys on there are masturbating. <laughs> How many did you come across? Oh, man. I no saw, pun intended. I swear to God, I saw a dude in a French maid outfit uh, jacking it. <laughs> I can't make that up. It was a dude jacking it. In a French maid outfit. In a French outfit. maid outfit. But he was only on there for a second. I think he was just... Because you can next people. You can hit yeah. next and skip through and see the next person. Yeah. And he would just be like, wank, 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 next. Wank, 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 next. <laughs> and then I finally found a hot chick. And she's like, oh, uh, what are you? I'm like, I'm, and I had, no, you, I didn't tell you. I was wearing a Stormtrooper helmet while doing this. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I want to I wanna be a Stormtrooper while doing it. So I, I would connect the people and go, hey, I'm looking for a couple droids. Maybe you can help me. Uh, <laughs> and just to fuck with people. And uh, the girl's like, what? I don't get it. You're, grow up. You're lame. And that was the only hot chick I, I found. Grow up. And that lame. was it. Occasionally, people would look and see the Stormtrooper helmet and be like, Oh, it's Stormtrooper. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'd get like, you know, a minute of love. And then it would be, back to dude jacking it. <laughs> <laughs> so, chat roulette. Well, I love the one they Dude's did on the Daily Show. It. That one was choice. Which one? They did a little segment on the Daily Show about the chat roulette. <laughs> he's sitting there going, and come across one of the uh, one of the reporters, and he's like, he, he, all you see is from his waist up, and he's doing this, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, relax, John, I'm just playing the Wii while masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what chat roulette is, so you're not missing anything, people. It's not like some big internet meme that no, that you just missed out on. No. No, you didn't miss nothing. Miss jacking it. 
All right, going on to news you don't give a shit about. From Variety. Lucasfilm Animation is developing a new animated Star Wars TV comedy series. Oh, Brian, my friend Brian told me this. You mean the current one is not a comedy series? Because I think no, it's hilarious. No, it's a tragedy. <laughs> Clone Wars is a tragedy. Daytime Annie and Gemini Award winner Jennifer Hill will produce with Todd Grimes directing... Brendan Hay of The Daily Show will be among the writers. Seth Green, Matthew Seinrich, creators and executive producers of Robot Chicken, will have creative involvement. Project Mark's second Star Wars scheme created by Lucasfilm Animation. The first was Star Wars Clone Wars, which is all loved and beloved in this room, which premiered in 2008 at the Cartoon Network. The series is currently in its second season. There is no start date or network for the comedy scheme. Not announced yet, anyway. I'm sorry, but not to, not to alienate any of our audience, but can they really stop with all the Star Wars? I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think you're alienating anyone. No, I, I mean, mean, I don't it's, mind it's it. like he's become a one-trick pony. I remember when George Lucas used to write things other than Star Wars. Well, he's not writing any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's he's which is probably he's, for the best. He is churning it out force, and signing off creative, on it. Well, I wouldn't say the creative force. He's behind, signing but off. He's, on yeah, it. he's signing off on it. Well, I mean, yeah, he's seeing he's making money, man. He's, he's only got so much more time I, left I, on this planet. I understand that. I I get that. You know, he's Milk raking in the bucks. Yeah, and, but I mean, like, you know. Yeah, no, I, it's. I'm I'm perfect cool example. With it. Does anybody remember the movie Radioland Murders? Yeah, it was a fine movie. Barely. I thought that was, a, and he wrote that, and I'm sitting there going, "Why can't he do more shit like that?" Instead of sticking Star with this, Wars oh, I'm going to write a, I'm going to write another uh, Star Wars movie. I'm going to do another one of these. It's going to be money in my pocket. I can buy more flannel shirts. (laughs) I don't mind more Star Wars. I don't. But I just mind it if he has a hand in it. (laughs) Which is a funny thing if you think about it. He broke all my toys, man! News you don't give a shit about. 20th Century Fox is developing a film based on the E-Trade Talking Babies. Oh, no. Are you kidding? Actress and writer Katie Dippold of Parks and Recreation and Mad TV is penning the script. The film is a mission movie about a group of talking babies trying to make their way across the playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember back around Super Bowl time that was it was speculated that they were going to make a movie of that. And I'm just like, why? Because look who's talking, guys. Look who's talking. <laughs> look, indeed. What was look that who's other caring, one not me. Baby's uh, Day Out? No, the, the, with the, like, Baby the, the talking to Baby the, Geniuses. The kids that were all like, yeah, I think that was Baby the Geniuses, Geniuses one. I, I saw that, I'm like, really? Hey, whatever. Uh, Channel change. Yeah. Don't give a shit. It'll make a mint. <clears throat> Lame. According to Reuters, a, a lawsuit against Marvel Entertainment and Stan Lee has been dismissed by a Manhattan federal judge. Really? Uh, the suit good. for $750 million had been filed by Stan Lee Media, Inc. shareholders. Oh. It alleged that Lee's decision to transfer rights of the characters he co-created to Marvel in 1998 was against the interest of the company and harmed the shareholders. <laughs> They're right. But <laughs> U.S. District Judge Paul Crotty dismissed the case from the court March 31, 2010, citing two major facts. The shareholders who initiated the suit didn't purchase their stock until 1999, a year after Lee did this. There you go. And they didn't file the latest suit until 2009, more than a decade after alleged wrongdoing. And they, uh, also the, the, the judge also said, thank you, Disney, for the billions of dollars you slipped me. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Somewhere, Christopher Walken is celebrating. 
Japanese artist Ryota Kurabudo has created the mother of all human mods. Silly Fulin, a robotic tail that reacts to your movements using a series of servo motors to power the segments. According to Crunch Gear, the tail is meant to recall the tail that every human has in the womb, which they ultimately absorb before birth. So yes, Virginia, you too can have a tail. There's video of it in action, and yeah, it reacts like a tail. It's kind of freaky. That's interesting. That's weird. Wow. So, so who's the first? Who wants the tail? I'll take one. A tail. It's Just a great to be tail. Different. Does that. it have to be furry, or can it have like a barb at the end? Actually, it it was kind of like look. It was weird. It's like skin, fabric, skin. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I know who buy that. Furries. Speaking of furries, did you see that picture on Facebook? The first, Kling- I'd like Klingons say, versus furries. Well, first, I'd like to say any 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 conversation that starts out speaking of furries <laughs> is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> But no, did you see that picture? No. That was cracking me up. I'll have to look for that. I'll Which see if means I can I'm going to do searches for furries, and the FBI's got my number now. <laughs> just, just do a Google search. It's like Klingons versus furries. No, I'm sure you'll find furry it out stuff there. all over the place. No. It, it's, it's a post. Furry spam. Hilarious. Furry spam. Kirsten was asking furry, if it was somebody's spam. name that I'm not familiar with. Okay. And and then April was responding back. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and neither me. does well, I meant I meant like somebody that worked at Star Trek, like a name and then April. Are you telling was like, me someone think, at Star Trek is a furry? I no, it's a Klingon. Like in Klingon versus furries. Uh, <laughs> Paul's a furry? No, I'm not a furry. I can see you as a furry. You make no. a great furry. You're a wonderful furry. You're all cuddly. You're all cuddly like a furry. Ugh. Right, moving on to Weekend Geek, here's the, good, here's the real stuff. Okay. Let's start with something big. In 2012, San Diego's contract with Comic-Con comes to a close. A land deal could be underway that might keep Cam- Comic-Con in San Diego. Oh, good. Yeah. The plan is for a $753 million expansion of the San Diego Convention Center, which would provide an additional 200,000 square feet of exhibit space, a third ballroom, 100,000 square feet of meeting rooms, and a new 500-room hotel directly behind the convention center. Behind? Isn't there just water back there? That and a uh, Joe's a Crab Shack. Lot. There's a Groach Joe's. This would give the center a total of 815,000 square feet of exhibition space, about the same as Anaheim's convention center. Huh. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, if approved, the public comments... Well, the uh, deal would essentially start what center officials say is an 18- to 24-month process, which they'll seek public comment and opinion, study the expansion's effect on the environment, design the building, and most importantly, figure out how to pay for it. Officials say the large center could possibly be open in 2015. I thought I read yesterday that that had been approved, the $753 million. Well, as of yesterday, no, it certainly hasn't been approved because they're, they're doing a lot of, uh, of uh, community seek and say. So 2015. Because there's really only one direction lengthwise that they can expand it, and that's out towards that garden area between. And it is. And looking at, I looked at the map with the expansion they're talking about, and it is behind that whole area. Now let me ask you this: How much contiguous space would there be? Oh, that that's not in there. I have no idea. See, my concern for Comic Con is contiguous space. Uh, Right now, there's not enough space. On that show floor, mm-hmm. uh, especially in some of the more crowded areas, like the Warner Brothers booth and this Lucas booth and all that right. shit, um, they need to put more room between stuff, and they want to be able to add more exhibitors. Obviously, I want to knock down that wall and that, that wall, wall and, and that, that fucking wall. wall. Yeah. 
Um, they so that would allow them to obviously take over the whole Hall H for more exhibit space, and that'd be a lot. But if they expand past you know, where those gardens are, because right now they're mm-hmm. worthless, right? Put you know, put yeah. more there. <laughs> it's yeah. not even really much of a garden. It's like strip of grass, strip of concrete, strip of grass, yeah. strip of concrete. It's all Ooh, it's, yeah, it's, but you say they're going to expand back. Well, um, they might do both. I mean, I it, they, they didn't the have back. a. They would have to change the, the layout. Of, they would have to change the. The convention center a lot because well, there's, there's a lot of loading stuff in the middle there. What would they? Would they, they understand. My my understanding from reading the article myself was that they haven't complete. I mean, they've they've speculated on what a design would look like, but they haven't done any kind of blueprints or yeah. had contacted a contractor to physically say, okay, this is the space you have to work with. So here's the go. So here's the reality. The reality is, no matter what, contracts up in 2012. And this thing won't be ready till like 2016. It could be done in two to four years, but I I don't. Uh... I, I can answer this question. It says here the San Diego Convention Center Corps is uh, seeking to extend the agreement for an additional three years. You cover them. Yes, they're also securing commitments from the three waterfront hotels to provide 300,000 square feet of meeting space for the con for 2013 to 2015. Because the article I read said that the, that the convention center has also been turning away up to like 400 conventions a year because they don't have adequate space to hold them. Mm. So, a, so it, it's, it's not just for Comic-Con. It's, okay, and what David Sandy Glasner either. says in the interview is true. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good, good on them. And you know what? Uh, the Comic Con people aren't stupid. No, Christ, no, they're not stupid. They're they're gonna take what's best for Comic Con. Do you have their some they, they the analyst uh, in the article I read said that something like one point some like it's like one point three billion dollars in the no it, it doesn't say in, how much it brings in. It said it said it had brought something like one point three billion dollars into the San Diego economy in the entire. Run well, that's why Anaheim is courting it so hard over the last. It brings a lot years. of money in because geeks got some cred, you know, financially. And uh, geeks ain't afraid to spend the cash. No, they're not. And they said it would be a huge financial hit if it left to go anywhere else. My girlfriend alone San Diego. leaving San Diego would be a huge financial hit. <laughs> <laughs> Spend some money on some shit. Red Letter Media is back again. This is the guy that put together the epic 70-minute review of The Phantom Menace. Brilliant. He has an even more epic-er Uh-oh. review of Attack of the Clones. Oh, no. This time, seven YouTube videos were insufficient. Mike spread out a 90-minute review over nine YouTube videos. So oh I started watching that. I can't wait to watch the whole thing. Oh, it, he's so funny. He is Attack a... Attack of the Clones is the worst thing ever made by human beings. <laughs> you do that well. That's, I just, I that love, was creepy. So, have you seen his stuff? Yeah. He's so funny. Let me tell you why it's the worst thing that people ever made and ever did. It sounds like it's you're brilliant. about to ask about your butter tooth. Well, that's kind of what he does. <laughs> that's the voice that he does. In fact, that's a good image to have when you... Let me tell you, my friend. Get some Szechuan sauce on that thing. It'll do... Oh, it'll taste so good. <laughs> hey, you know, I got a feeling that the storm's coming up because I got the shaking in my butter tooth. <laughs> well, I can tell that the rain is coming, so you better watch out. There it comes. Oh, did you roll your windows up in your car today, friend? Well, my friend, you're going to have a wet seat when you get back, because I can tell the butter tooth is aching, so the storm is a-coming. Oh, my goodness. Back of the clones is the worst thing Inside ever Inside joke that nobody's going to get. So that's pretty close. Oh, we've talked about him. And that's yeah. The peep, the right people will know. Yeah. The, our, our, that's true. Our devoted Spoiler. listeners will know. Spoiler. Everyone has a swallar in their life. 
Everyone yes. knows that guy likes Swolar. Yes. Rumor. Uh-oh. Da, 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 da. Joss Whedon may direct the Avengers movie. I mm. saw that rumor. The LA Times has done some digging and hear from their sources at Marvel Studios that this is partially true. No director for the movie has been chosen yet, but Whedon is on the short list. Is it going to be a teen drama with strong female... That would be The Runaways. <laughs> Did he direct that? No. Oh, so Maybe you should. That's what the Avengers is going to be like then. If he run, directs run, it. Run, run, Sorry, run. I don't like Whedon. At 88 years <laughs> young, Ralph Bear finally gets what he deserves. Millions of dollars. After inventing Pong and, as a result, creating the Magnavox Odyssey, mm-hmm. Bear went on to create the rage-inducing electronic board game Simon. Yes. And just this past week was inducted into the Inventors Hall of Fame for his work. Oh, good, good on him. Mm-hmm. Good he, on him. He was the first game developer to have earned the award. Nolan Bushnell? He, uh, yeah. he designed a light gun. Bushnell stole his thing, kind of. Kind of, maybe. Wait, he designed know. the light gun? Yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy, we owe this guy a lot. He did the light, he did the first light gun, he did a lot of, a lot of stuff. Let me tell you about the light gun, man. I had the Nintendo light gun, I took that thing apart, and I kind of, I, I, this is awesome, I can't believe I just remembered I did this, um, and I put it on a glove. Did you? (laughs) And I had, like, a little trigger here, so I could just go, nice, with my hand, you do the little gun thing, instead of having to hold that stupid gun. Did it work? Yeah, it works. I can't even remember the name of the system. Short-lived. It was a shitty little system that worked with your VCR, and it was a light gun system. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Captain... uh, Photon? No. I love Photon. It wasn't Captain Photon. There was a haunted house one that I remember. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think I actually bought this system from my dad when I was young. You're thinking of Captain Power, Barry. Was it Captain Power that that did that? No, I remember Photon worked... TV. There's a couple of shows that did that for a while too that would interact with your VCR and I know which one you're talking about, Todd. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, the, what it the is basic either. idea is you put these videotapes in and let's say it's the haunted house one, ghosts yeah. would go by and they'd have like little flashing circles on them. Uh-huh. And the gun would re- interpret the circles if it was pointed at it. Yeah. So it would only score for hitting those things. Was it so the, the game would never change. Gallery? No, it wasn't wasn't Coleco. It, the game wouldn't change because it was the same videotape, mm-hmm. so it was a pretty boring system. We had a shooting action gallery. Max? That might, might be that. that might be it. We had uh, 1988 Action Max. Uh, there's a site called Eight Bit Rocket. I just found it on. Um, the system was composed of a light gun, a base unit, TV connection, and a red light. Uh, they were included in a yep. game videotape named Sonic Fury. Okay, that was it. There we go. There it is. And uh, is there and any other game it didn't names work there? on your big screen, right? Game yeah, it wouldn't work on the big screen TV. Rescue at Pops Ghostly. That's the Hydra one. Hydra Sub Twenty Twenty One. Pops Ghostly. Thirty Eight Ambush Alley. Yeah. Pops Ghostly. Oh, these uh, look like shit. We yeah. had we yeah. had this thing. My dad got it. Had two full size shotguns. What? Yeah, two full size shotguns that sat on the side of it, and it was just a cabinet, and it was just a little box, and it had a uh, a light in it. And the light would rotate like it was just like, mm-hmm. and it would do a skeet. It was a skeet shooting. Thing. Oh, I know what I you're talking that. about. The skeet would go along, and you would and you'd aim and you'd hit it. And if you got it, it the, the light would quickly shift into a red exploded skeet. Yeah, would pop that image up. I remember that in the old arcades. Yeah. We no, had this at home. One. Shit, we what? had this thing at home. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. You're all fancy. Well, I tell you, man, my dad had the 800 back in the day, and the and the 400. We had some crazy computer stuff back in the day. I was, 
I was raised on. If only I'd learned how to program that stuff properly. If you all find out where it's at or whatever, it needs to be donated to Pinball Hall of Fame. Buddy, you know, I, this this I amazes want that me. Thing back because we might. I don't know if we have. You had back. computers early on in life, and you still can't use them well. <laughs> it's true. I can use them well enough, but no, I mean, yeah, I used them to play games. <laughs> That's the only proper use. I tried to pro exactly. I tried to program for basic way back in the day. I tried oh to, yes. I did started, you ever go to computer camp? No, nope. I did. I, I started did. Doing I a, did. Uh, I went to computer camp. Yeah, <laughs> you and me, buddy. Where, where, where all you did was, all right, kids, here's a program. Type it in. Yeah. And you just yeah. typed this long ass thing from like K Power magazine into See, the my dad would do that stuff. My dad would type. Yeah. My dad would get. He subscribed to Antic. He had. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a bunch. Of, he still has a bunch of issues of old Antic. Oh, nice. And he would type in the whole thing. The best one was Escape from Epsilon. It was like a uh, uh, Indiana Jones kind of game. It was really, and he took he spent weekends typing that fucking thing in, like a little text adventure. And if you had one little mistake, no, it was a full game, but you had to type it in. But it was like freeware back in the day. You had to type in, like save it on disk. K Power magazine for Commodore sixty four, and because it was all basic, it would say, "Hey, here's a hot new game." Page after page after page. Type it in. Type all this in. God forbid you make a mistake. Fuck. But when you did, you get a comma somewhere in there, and it's like nothing works. Anything, yeah. That's syntax error. Yeah, you That's didn't your game. learn anything. They just gave you games. Even the computer camp, I didn't learn anything. Now you learn later either. with like a book of basic, where okay, you start small. Ten, print your name. Twenty go to ten, and oh, you yes. learn what a loop is and how long it takes for it to end because it never does. And you start small because even now programming, you leave a comma out, you're fucked. Yep. Yep. That they never taught us that as kids. They said, here, learn to type and learn to type a lot of stuff for a shitty payoff of a little guy yeah. jumping over a ball or something. Yep. So, dude jumping over balls, man. <laughs> that, was the, that was the way it was. That was the height of technology. <laughs> Apple Panic and Pitfall, I think. Oh, it was it awesome. Panic. You can type in Pitfall. Those were the that days. Was a, that was a big game to type in. The, the real basic one where it was just like... like the guy would jump over little holes in the platform. Oh man, that was yeah, that was. Don't even get me started. That was that was that was my forever. first exposure to, to Pitfall before I saw the actual Pitfall game. I was like, whoa, wait, this isn't even remotely the same. <laughs> Minor twenty forty niner. Yep, I love that game. That game is. I had that game for the for the eight hundred. Fucking great game. <laughs> I had that for my sixty four. <laughs> C64. I didn't rate. On cartridge and on disc. Yep. <laughs> Tooth Invaders. Suck it. <laughs> Is that the cavity creeps? Tooth Invaders. Awesome <laughs> game. I wish they had a port for the Xbox. <laughs> what, game, what system is that on? I think I have that. Commodore 64. Yeah, I have an emulation of that. Tooth Invader. The Commodore 64. Ridiculous game. Awesome. Oh, man. Todd, Todd can tell everybody how this. I've loved Impossible Mission. Oh, and yes. And they released a version of it for the Nintendo DS. Yeah. And I went out and bought it. It was like 10 bucks, brand new. And I'm like... Was it DS or was it It, it was on GBA. the DS. I can give it to you. You have it on DS? Yeah. That's awesome. Brilliant. Hold so, on to it. I'm sure it's worth some dough. Uh, it's probably not worth much, but I, fi- I never beat it on the C64. I got the thing on here, and I finally beat the game. I haven't touched Years. it since. What did it do? What did it say? Years of entertainment. Congratulations. Well, it, 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 you, you get into the, the room where the doctor is there, and he's like, no, no, <laughs> no. Really, that's the climax of the game. You no. stop, you stop, the, you stop the, the timer. You stop the, 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 the whole place from self-destructing, <laughs> the missiles from launching, and you just you you come the across the doctor, and he's like, no, 
no, because you're about to capture him. Yeah. And he's like, he's all, oh. <laughs> wow. I know, kind of anticlimactic, but at the same Fuck time, it. it's like it's awesome. twenty years I've waited to beat you. That's great. Man. Hey, <laughs> audience, you want to see some real video game action? Go ahead and YouTube C sixty four Tooth Invaders, and you'll see gameplay action of a little dude brushing teeth. And that was the height of gaming. Put a link Joyful. up. We'll have a link up to that. Oh God, no, we won't. <laughs> Put a link Terrible. up to that. Why not? Yeah. It's fun. All right, going to news. Craig Ferguson fans finally got the payoff they've been waiting for in the form of Jeff Peterson. Yes, I forgot to The robot that sidekick week. that Mythbuster Grant oh. Imahara agreed to build Ferguson if he could amass more than 100,000 Twitter followers and happened very quickly. <laughs> Jeff Peterson's robotic wow. powers include laughing at any joke Ferguson tells at the push of a button, shooting off catchphrases, oh. and, well, being a robot skeleton. Is he a robot skeleton? Yes, he is. That's awesome. And he looks awesome. I saw the video of it. I gotta see Brilliant. that. What's his name? Jeff Peterson. Jeff Peterson. With a G. That's awesome. Yeah, the G-E-O-F-F. Yes, the British Jeff. I was the G-E-O-F-F for a while because they, they didn't want to take the time to make a name tag for me at Star Trek. So they're like, oh, it's Jeff. It's different spelling, but it'll work for you for like a week. How long does it take to make a name tag? Oh, I don't know. Like half an hour. Lazy. <laughs> Lazy wardrobe. Lazy wardrobe. People, they had a lot of crap to do. Yeah, that's true. They had way more. Crap they had to, to do clean up after you guys. That's true. Hey, hey. Spray, spray those, spray those costumes with alcohol. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> the rules of the word game Scrabble are being changed for the first time in its history. What? What? To allow the use of proper nouns. Ooh. Game company Mattel has said. Place names, people's names, company names, or brands will now count. Mattel, which brings out a new version of the game uh, containing amended rules in July, hopes to cha- the change will encourage younger people to play. Until now, few proper nouns had been allowed, which were determined by a word list based on Collins Dictionary. That's actually big news, because Scrabble is huge. Yeah. Could that be because Scrabble is going to be sponsored by McDonald's or something? <laughs> Spell so, McDonald's for a million dollars. Actually, Scrabble uses Subway, so maybe that's it. That's oh, you're right. They do use Subway, don't they? Yeah, that's right. what they want. That's dude. That's exactly what it is, because because they've been telling the Subway people are like, you know, oh, you can, we can't really use your name. Although you can put game. Subway in there. Subway, yeah. A so thing. that that's that's boot. Yeah. Right. What's going to happen with all those? It's uh, Jared. They want to spell Jared. <laughs> they want to spell Jared and Fresh Fit. They make a and five dollar foot long. Seriously, there's a lot of there's a lot of five dollar foot big money long. Competitions. Yeah, the Scrabble competition. My guess is they will say old rules Scrabble on those big competitions. That's five dollar foot because otherwise Jay Z works as a uh, an entry in Scrabble. Uh, I've been using Jay Z. No, it's Jay Z. It looks like Jay's. I don't think that's in the rule book. But, it's a word. Uh, but on the upper point, you can use uh, Megatron. So. Proper noun? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll use all X's and K's and Z's. That's my D&D character's name. <laughs> proper noun. I get a billion points plus triple Quidgy word bow. score. Well, Quidgybo. Quidgybo. All things North American ape. Quidgybo. Well, it says you can use places, so you can actually use Zizix Road now as a uh, nice. an entry. That's a hell of a score, Zizix. Oh, boy, yeah. Triple word, that motherfucker. Bam. In a WonderCon, in a WonderCon, there you Ooh. go. In a WonderCon shocker, <gasps> WonderCon current shocker. detective comics writer Greg Rucka 
announced yes. during his spotlight panel that he has turned in his last story for DC Comics. What? Really? The fan favorite writer was putting out a great run of Detective Comics with artist J.H. Williamson III. Rucka can now focus on creator-owned books like Queen and Country Ooh. and Stumptown. Hmm. And uh, he twittered out, To all who send kind words, thank you. No bad, bad blood with DC. Just time to move on. I tell you what. Interesting. Rucka is a prince. I met him at Star Trek The Experience many, many years ago. I did, too. I was giving a backstage tour with uh, Gretchen. We both, and he was in our group, and uh, we talked to him afterwards. He and his wife, and they were so nice. He was working on the novelization of Perfect Dark Zero at that time. And, uh, oh. yeah, <laughs> which didn't quite, you know. I'm sure the novelization was fine. Yeah. I'm sure the novelization was fine, but the... Uh, Sell too well. That game was such a bleh. But anyway, I saw him again just recently at uh, the signing that he did at uh, Ralph's place reality, at uh, yeah. Alternate Reality Comics and bought one of those things. But anyway, the dude was so cool. He sent me a huge box full of comics and novels. I wonder if you love me. He I split you. With, well, but you know he what? He bought your love. But who does that kind of thing? It was no just one. amazing. It was just amazing. And so I started buying his uh, his one of Wonder Woman, and uh, and I've bought uh, subsequently. I've purchased the uh, the Batwoman stuff that he's done with J.H. Williams, which is really great stuff. So I really enjoyed his run on Wonder Woman. He's yeah, he's he's kind of brought me into that yep, story. He's an extremely extremely gifted writer and just an all around awesome. Dude, you're so, right. I, you, you're you're totally right. I mean, he came into the bar a couple of times, sat there. He was real friendly with Darren and I, especially after he found out we were comic geeks. And mm-hmm. um, he totally remembered me when I went to that signing too. He's a big Buffy head. He's too. like, I so want a Warp War Breach when I came into town. And I can't have one. I said, well, I can make you one. He's like, do you have the bowl and everything? No, I don't, unfortunately. We need to just open up a warp court breach stand on the strip. <laughs> Find a way to get a shack and some bowls. They've got all those little yeah. portable things. Maybe we could get one in front of one of the casinos. Dude, somewhere. we could make a fucking fortune. Just selling. Just If we can figure out a way to get the li- the Star Trek license to sell warp court breaches. You just don't call it warp court breach. No, fucking make no, warp to. court breaches. You have to. Do it. That's how you sell it. Because people are like, what? It's a Star Trek dream. And we'll get Rich Odin to sit outside of the bar. Go, Hello, everybody. Uh, He'll do it. I just, I just saw him at the Walmart the other day. We ran into Rob and we had a nice conversation. Do it in front where all the people are dressed up in the costumes. That's what yep. I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be great. We need to get on that. Yeah, I'll get right on that. That we license. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be worth it, buddy. Dude, we'd make a mint. <laughs> Find a cheap person that sells like just buy actual fish bowls. F the little base. They sell those things at Walmart, dude. Yeah, super cheap. All I'd have to do is find the bases. We don't need bases. Okay. Just sell the bases. Let's just walk through this. I'm going to humor you for like 60 seconds. You ready? Okay, yeah. here we go. First, A, liquor license. Yeah. B, strip real estate. Yeah. Uh, incorporating, uh, all employing the people. Yeah. Training. Yeah. The Star Trek license. I'm not saying it's costumes. an easy path, but the path to victory is never an easy one. Okay, you know what's easier? Go in and drop in the fucking ring into the Mount Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Taking into account it's fake. So I would have to get the ring, which is also fake, find a way into the imaginary world of Middle Earth, and going through from the Shire to Mount Doom. That, so, my friend, is what we call stinking thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just being a negative man, Fee. You're full of stinking thinking. <laughs> All right. Capcom has announced that they will donate money to charity. 
for every download of the upcoming, April 22nd, Lost Planet 2 multiplayer demo. The lucky charity, in this case, is the Lincoln Park-invented charity, Music for Relief. The charity has an impressive track record, including aid work in Southeast Asia, Zimbabwe, Haiti, and the hurricane-struck U.S. Gulf Coast. Capcom will host a pre-launch party for Lost Planet 2 on May 6th, during which a celebrity-slash-contest-winning fan multiplayer tournament will take place. The winner of this tournament not only gets to brag to all the celebrities, but gets to decide for which Music for Relief effort the donation money should go to. Oh, right. The uh, amount maxes out at $25,000. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. And that's a free download, I assume. And that is a free download. Yeah. So April 22nd, I'm look for that free download and donate for free. I'm downloading that anyway because uh, I want to look into that. That's supposed to be pretty good. Capcom. Lost, first Lost Planet was a very interesting game. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was yeah. very interesting. I had my brothers with it, but uh, it had potentials. I think that might be yeah. realized in part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And it's got the uh, Gears of War guys in it. That's right, it does. Marcus <laughs> Phoenix and yep. his crew. Phoenix and Dom! <laughs> Remember that sex scandal that resulted from the Easter egg sex scene in uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Ugh. Yeah. Easter egg sex scene. Oh, Easter. Oh, I yeah. was thinking. You had me think. It's so close to Easter. I was thinking about. You're thinking what, anal what beads? Happened? Is that was what? there an Easter egg sex scene? I don't remember no, that. The one that it took Rick like hot two coffee. hours to unlock, and I, he finally yeah. did it. Hot and coffee. It was boring as so hell. So boring. So dumb. Yes. Custer's Revenge was more titillating. Yes. Yeah. So hot coffee. Yes. Oh yeah. They're 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 paying people now. De- uh, take two has definitely been legally mandated to as a. Uh, as the final check payments to those that filed suit against the game's original release have been sent out. They've been mandated to pay. Uh, By court settlement, plaintiffs in the case were rewarded between $5 and $35 cash settlements to be received by April 15th. So, yeah, all that. America. Their $5. America. I, I didn't get in on that. Who wants that? No. Yeah, that's blood money. I'm just has happy. Anybody... Yeah, I'm happy to have my copy that still has that code embedded in it. I got it. I got it early, of course. I, most people have that, right? I know. Has anybody here box. ever gotten one of those little court paper things about class action lawsuits? Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like... I mean, I got one for uh, uh, one of the hard drives that I bought for uh, for the show. And got a notice in the mail. It's like, as part of your class action lawsuit, you can elect to either receive a check for five dollars or. And I'm sitting going, it's not worth the stamp to send in yeah, to get the five dollars. Yeah, you can get a filet of fish value meal or. Yeah. Yep. The court action, FCC cannot stop Comcast internet throttling. Oh no! Oh yes, this is this is this bad is news. Bad. Uh, in what could be a blow to the Federal Communication Commission's net neutrality and national broadband plan initiatives, oh. the United States Courts of Appeals for the District of Columbia has ruled that the FCC does not have the authority to force Internet providers to grant equal treatment to all traffic traversing their networks. It's terrible. Comcast Corporation v. Federal Communications Commission and United States of America hinged on whether or not the FCC, quote, has authority to regulate the Internet Service Providers Network Management Practices. The FCC was attempting to stop Comcast from interfering with its customers' use of peer-to-peer networking applications. Awful. Big boo. Awful. Come on, government. Get it together. It's terrible. That's lobbyists. That's lobbyists paying people off right there. That's just, that should never. Well, well, no, that's a judgment. That's not a lobbyist. Well, it got there. 
That's pathetic. Well, that's just the Court of Appeals. What's yeah. next? The states? Well, I guess you said the District of Columbia, so, so a, it would be like the actual, the Supreme Court. So paid tiered internet usage coming to Comcast near you. Ugh. Awful. Well, on brighter news, it stood for 28 years and it took 58 hours and one quarter. I watched some of this. To beat. Seattle locksmith John McAllister toppled the 1982 world record for asteroids. Really? Racking mm-hmm. up an amazing 41,338,740 points Holy piss. on the yeah. 1979 Atari Classic Arcade Machine. Wow. Once confirmed, McAllister, age 41, will be the new world record holder for the asteroid's high score. Well, good on him. The previous high score was set back in 1982, just three years after the game's release by Scott Saffron with a score of 41,336,440. So really, it's a matter of 2,000 points more. Is really? He, he only beat it by 2,000 points? Roughly 2,000 points more. Wow. McAllister wow. now has to submit the video recording of and his marathon gaming to session, Twin Galaxies. They, too tired. they keep the arcade and video game scores to verify it. Uh, the score... The initial score was considered by many to be unbeatable. Yeah, I watched this live for a little while. <laughs> really? Yeah, this was streaming. Compelling this watching. Was, well, it was, it was, well, it was interesting to watch his tactic. So, oh, yeah. yeah. What is so, his tactic? Is that terrible okay, I'll tell that you. Game? Well, he had already earned more extra men than can be displayed on the screen. That so helps. The, top, the top row was all extra ships. And then the counter only goes up to like a million or something like that. Right? Okay. And so he would flip the counter. So they had to count how many times he flipped the counter, too. And he flipped wow. it every couple minutes or so. It was forget. But what he would do was, for the most part, he'd bust up everything and then get it down to one astro- one tiny asteroid still floating around in the screen. Okay. And then the UFOs would keep coming by. Oh, yeah. And he'd pop the UFOs over and over again. That's big so points. he would shoot lots and lots of UFOs while one little asteroid was still surviving. He's very, he's very good at it. He was, yeah, he was, that's, he was, that's, a, that's a strategy, all right. He was very artful. How long did he do that? It's he would right do here. that for like five or six minutes until you know either a stray bullet hit that uh, that other asteroid and or whatever. You, you can do it infin- inf- infinitely and then start with a whole. Nother. Does the game get harder as you go? Uh, it does to a point, but then there's a point where it's just the same screen yeah. full of asteroids every time, pretty much. It took 58 hours of playtime to that's, do this. That's the real. Holy yeah. whoa! That's the real thing. Eight hours. Yeah, that's <laughs> the real thing. That the, that he Marathon stayed up that right. long and and did it. Oh, okay. Well. It, that's incredible. See, like with Donkey Kong, you can't get any more points on a board. But you get to you, a kill you, screen. You, it's you, what is it? Four hours? And well, that no. thing stops? You can't just have Donkey Kong just continually throw shit at you and you jump and jump and jump because you'll run out of time you'll on run the out board. Of time, but with asteroids, apparently, I guess you can just cheat basically and just keep one on the board and then just shoot that UFO for it for fifty-eight hours. That's not cheating. That's the that's game. That's not cheating. That's the game, but it's lame. I had, no, not for 58 hours. But you hours should have watched him, man. He wouldn't. I mean, he he would do that for so a while, that, but then dude, he'd, he'd pop that last one. Then, like, here's, here's, then if it just becomes a test of endurance, well, and, how, and how, how long can you piss in a cup for? If my memory huh? serves, though, when the uh, UFO comes out and it's shooting the bolts, that can destroy asteroids as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing too. Is like that. So that, and it's it can possible. shoot you too. Yeah, it shoots yeah. at you, but uh, so it's not that. This if there's thing is a defensible. pattern to where it comes out, you can no, just, no, no, there was no pattern. It was it was pretty it, random. Yeah, it randomly comes tough, out yeah. in that game. Still, a lot of it's just a waiting game. But but a skillful nah, waiting game. Yeah, yeah. he waiting still had to be dodging and moving around. It, it was crazy. I'm not saying it doesn't take skill. I'm saying it takes mainly endurance. Well, <laughs> do you have that kind of endurance? 
And no. Do you have that kind of skill? No. I don't have that kind of fucking time. <laughs> Come on. He's a locksmith. If you want to play old PC games on your new PC, the go-to option has been called DOS Box. It gets the job done, but it can be uh, fiddly. It's uh, gets a little technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Defend Reloaded, on the other hand, is a breeze. Latest release of the popular front end for DOS Box. Takes a trusty old PC emulation program, making it easy to understand, easy to use. So, uh, hardcore gamers never really need this sort of thing, but if you want to fire up the DOS box every now and then, play some X-Wing XCOM, it's now easy to do. So X-Wing if you or get... XCOM, the only two Dude, reasons I never had a problem firing up the DOS box before. I thought it was fairly straightforward. You're, you're, you're a little more no, technical than a lot of people out yeah, there. Yeah, This, this so. is, like, real super easy to use, apparently. Yeah. So, and, well, hopefully it actually works for Ultima 7, because that's always been a problem. <laughs> I'm just waiting for DOS boot. On DVD now. <laughs> Calendar says April 6th. And that means, as promised, your Xbox 360 consoles have a little upgrade waiting for you. The ability to save data to removable USB memory drives. While Microsoft's own first-party USB sticks do next month are pricey, it's important to remember you don't need to use them. You can use any flash drive, so as long as you wear the maximum amount of data moved or stored is 16 gigabytes on one device. <laughs> yeah, so, work. Well, here's the thing, though. We lasted so long with that 12 gigger for so long. If the people out there with had the 12 gig machines memory like sticks. we had, they can just stick a 16 popper in there and double their, me- their memory. Oh, yeah, I, I guess it. you're it's right. Okay, now I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a mini expansion to your hard drive, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. It always gets me. Is it was supposed to be a 20-gig hard drive, but it only had 12 gigs of usable space on it <laughs> for all the upgrades. And stuff. Right. And I again, can't believe this only we lasted as long as we did on that thing. Uh, we, we, we deleted a lot of yeah, shit along the way. moved up to 120, and now the 250's coming out? Yep. Ugh. It's already out if you bought the uh, special edition. I think it was the Modern Warfare 2 yeah. version of the Elite. That's the first 250, and then now Which I would have waited out. and bought if had I known they were bringing the 250 out, sure. but whatever. That's ah, all good. It's not like we're filling this thing up quickly. No. True. I still got enough space. I don't really transfer stuff from Xbox to Xbox, and I don't transfer things over to our, my friends' places. Like I said, it's just, it's just an expansion yeah. for, your, for your hard drive. Well, I tell room. you, I, I wish they had this back when I was... Going to other people's houses with uh, Guitar Hero stuff. Sure. Because I would have really liked to have brought my profile along with me. Sure. Instead of, I, I once did that whole download from another one. You know, oh, that, boy. That 20 minute download that yeah. takes to do Oh, all. man, that takes so Evil freaking long. Son of a bitch. Disney. Son of a bitch. Is over the roof happy with what they've been seeing from Joseph Koninsky's Tron sequel, Tron Legacy. I am super excited. They've, so announced, they've announced a computer animated television series spinoff. Rumors of possible theme park attractions won't stop. And now Disney has hired screenwriters to pen a third film. Wow. Heat Vision reports that uh, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, the Lost Writers co-executive producers who wrote Tron Legacy, have already been hired to write a sequel. Not much else is known at this time. Insiders say Disney wants to round the story into a trilogy would certainly suggest that Disney wants to include the characters introduced in the first two films, bring the story to a conclusive ending. No deal is in place for uh, the director to return, although everyone has options in their contracts for sequels. The director is also attached to remake Disney's The Black Hole. All right. Well, we can put that on hold and fix Tron, keep Tron going well, because (laughs) Black Hole 
was never good in the first place. <laughs> oh, I like what? that movie. Maximilian! Yeah. Blur. 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 Tron? Tron's awesome. I can't wait. You gotta be careful. Gen- gentlemen, let us pray. <laughs> Lord? Let, let us pray. Alright. Movie gods, <laughs> please let them take great care with Tron as if it were their own little baby. And not make the sequels end up like Matrix Revolutions or Matrix Reloaded. There's a wonderful series Amen. of there's a wonderful series of interviews with Lesberger that are up right now with this guy, who? Steven Lesberger, the creator of Tron. Okay. Or is it Lesberger? I thought you said anyway, Lesberger. No. Like, who the hell's Lesberger? Steven Lesberger. <laughs> uh, it's on. I, I found it through Ain't It Cool News. You can look it up. Anyway, it's just great. It's just they're talking about the way the technology back then. They were trying to envision what they could about where computers and games were going to go, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's kind of funny. Like, they didn't even go far enough in some ways. No. Uh, they got close. They didn't know yeah, a lot about computers. But there's a lot of amazing stuff. Writing, but but it, was still, it was still so revolutionary at the time. And he's seeing now people of our generation, of our age, who identify with that movie so strongly. And even younger kids younger who are so engaged in computing all day long, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a piece of their life. And just what a really interesting new mythology that has been created with this thing. And just, you oh, know, certainly. Yeah. Going back and watching it, I was and knowing how computers work. I was impressed on how much they got right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, he, he, they did, they did their homework with it and they really got a lot right. And it's just very, very compelling. The, the, the images and the thought processes that have gone into the work. And to, to, to hear these guys talking, the guy interviewing him is a, a cultural anthropologist of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's way big into pop culture and all that kind of thing. And really just really great listen. So check that out. Look it up on YouTube and what have you. Or I'm not happy when they the, do anything with computers right. Not to mention the fact that back then you couldn't just generate a full computer-generated scene. Sure. They literally had to frame by frame that stuff. Yeah. They would... They would get a full frame of what the computer-generated scene would be like, and then they'd snap a frame off with the well, camera, yeah, and then for, and then do the next frame. And it would it took forever. Yeah, Tron was the the, the way the, the production value that they put into the original Tron was indeed amazing. But I'm just talking about the, uh, the 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 writing and the concepts displayed, and that obviously they were off for the time. They were great. Nowadays, if someone made that, they'd be like, "What? Get the fuck out of here! You don't know anything about you don't know anything about computers." But for the time. It was amazing, and I hope, and I hope, hope to God that the same types of people who who, who made the first Tron are the same types of people who are making the next this Tron, and they get all the computer concepts right. You know what I'm talking about? Right. So that dudes aren't named Rom and Ram. You know, <laughs> that was, like dude. That. You know what though? But that Fuck was just it. a that name. Was, that shit looks matter. awesome. I know. I know they did stuff, some stuff right, because even yeah. in the trailer, there's that countdown. It shows exactly how long he's been in the machine. And it's running like top on Linux, and he's got like Solaris OS running. I, I freeze framed it and looked at all the computer shit. I'm like, ah, oh, look at that. And uh, <laughs> they got Daft Punk doing a soundtrack, buddy. Can't go wrong with sounds, Daft Punk. That sounds that's amazing. very appropriate. There's a I I, I found Love a track. There's Punk. an early release track from there. It sounds great. I'll bet they've really tapped into the Nine Inch Nails kind of thing. It sounds very broken. The start of the track just sounds like there's something wrong with your your speakers well, and no, it starts you to know what it is it sounds all right it's all computer like the drums are computers and it, it, it flips the, the drum sound around scratches it so I'm good like, oh this is have so you heard it have you heard that thing sweetness have you heard it that no. track I've heard some it fun. sounds filthy 
Look it up that new Daft Punk track song. It's, I will. It's I, will I will. Yeah. It sounds filthy at the top, and I love it. I, th I really thought my shit was broken, and I haven't had a song. Ah, uh, Broken Robot. Freak out like that for a while. Yeah, Broken Robot music is the best. <laughs> That's why you love Great Fit. I do. Well, Microsoft's 2009 Xbox Live Arcade winners have been announced. Oh. The, uh, I voted. The, the big game. So this, if you voted, this is uh, how it turned out. How'd it go? Best overall arcade game, Trials HD. Yeah, huh? I, I can't believe that, but whatever. Yeah. What the hell was Trials HD? I don't it know was this. a. It's a. It's a bike game, motorcycle game. You had to uh, jump and do like motorcycle hoppy stuff. With stunts is real weird. I played that back when it was called Excite Bike. I didn't. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like it's kind of like a mature, big, fully realized 3D Excite Bike. I guess it has its appeal. I just didn't like it, but a lot of people did. I don't know. Wow, it won, huh? Now, best original game was given to Explosion Man. Explosion Man, good. That was a good one. Best family game has Real Family Game Night. Oh my God. Uh, boo. <laughs> best cooperative multiplayer Battlefield 1943. Good. Best that is great. Yes. Best competitive multiplayer, Battlefield 1943. Good. That's so, a great game. Best solo game, Shadow Complex. I am sad to hear that winning, but whatever. What? You didn't like that game? Buddy, I'm not buying no Orson Scott card, nothing. Well, okay. I realize, I realize that for that you reason. You got to put your politics where your pocketbook is. I realize I realized that because I didn't buy it, but I did I play didn't the demo. Yeah. It's still it's a great, a great game. game. It's a great game. There's no denying it's going to be a cool game, but I can't do it. You I know, understand. It's it's sad, but I'd love to play it. But and I'm you're not, not you're not the only one. No, with mixed emotions. You know, it's, it's mm. but that's a hard decision. But I'm going to do it. Best innovation. Trials HD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riding a motorbike, eh? Whatever. It's all right. Whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Best graphics. Shadow Complex. Yeah. Best classic remake. Banjo Tui. All right. So there's there's that there's the uh, that's the obligatory nod to why we the reasons that we can justify purchasing rare for umpteen bajillion dollars. <laughs> yes, that's thank what you. That is. <laughs> but that's all the news there is. So there's leaves room for only one more thing. Holy crap! And that oh is no, the big list. Now, I, I those of you out there, you may or may not know that a bunch of us here are D and D players in one way or another. Yes, Barry has his own game that he runs, and I play in. You can check it out actually at obsidianportal.com/slash/shadowsofthedragongod and follow along as our intrepid adventures kill everyone. <laughs> that's that's right. I'm, and I'm torture get, people. I'm going to get started into a ass. new uh, a new game soon. Uh, Kirsten turned us on to that Obsidian Portal place. That's really, really cool. So we're going to definitely have to uh, tap into that. My uh, my guys at work are going to start up a new uh, D&D campaign that I hope to be a part of, and uh, I'll have to have them do it through Obsidian Portal as well. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. So in Thank honor of this and those you RPGers out there, eight most common ways D&D characters die. <laughs> this list was created by Sean Clayton of ToplessRobot.com, and it's, uh, it's a fine list. God, it's so good, because eventually the characters either live or truly die, and the, the death of a character, well, let's just say it's it spawned legends of people in sewers and mothers against Dungeons and Dragons and shit mm -hmm. like that. So, Steam tunnels under University of Indiana. Thank you very much, exactly. So, number eight most common ways oh, D&D characters no. die, getting eaten. Yep. There's a whole range of horrible beasts that can swallow your character Mimics. whole. 
Just waiting for a dungeon master and a purchase of a monster manual for your character to end up as a possible snack. Dragon's trash. Gelatinous now, cube. That's the most obvious case yeah. of, of death. From here, gets it gets a little, crazy. More, uh, All right. little more apparent where this is going. I've never seen a character eaten, by the way. No? no. I have. <laughs> I've eaten a character. Oh. Number seven, death by addition. Huh? Dungeons & Dragons has changed its rules quite a bit, especially in the last oh, 10 by years. Edition. Part of the reason is the takeover of TSR by Wizards of the Coast, which yeah. led to a complete redesign of the game. The other reason is that if you change the edition every few years, you get to sell more books. In any case, you're, you're going to always find someone who doesn't understand that multiclassing is gone in the fourth edition, and your beloved Cleric Ninja has effectively been wished <laughs> out of existence. Cleric <laughs> Ninja! Oh, Cleric Ninja. It's not gone. It's just really convoluted. And meanwhile, really convoluted. there'll be an older gentleman in the corner keeping his fighter out of the melee and allowing everyone else to get slaughtered because he can't figure out where the Thaco is on his character sheet. <laughs> Torgo raises his hand for that one. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I'll have you know that multiclassing is not gone. There's like two different ways you can do it. And it's not as easy as 3.5 you could just, oh, I'll take a sprinkle of this and a hoo-ha and a that, and I'll take a level of this. No, uh-uh. you you got to mean it now. Oh, yeah. you gotta, you got you to gotta, mean, you gotta, mean it. <laughs> Most common way D&D characters die, number six. Another PC isn't taking it seriously. True. <laughs> Some people join your party and act dumb this. on purpose. I'm guilty of this. They are invented. It, I, yes, you are. I know you are in your stories. You are invested in the game as an average horse is invested in a Senate roll call procedure. All right. Paul, you're going to do a little D&D theater with me here. All right. All right. You're, you're going to be the guy in the pink, the non-serious gamer. All right. Here All right. we go. All right. So I'll start as a DM. All right. You stand before the king. Flanking you on both sides are six armed and armored guards dressed in royal garb. The king himself is armored and seems to have a large glowing broadsword. I shoot him in the face with my crossbow. Seriously. You want to shoot the king in the face with a crossbow? Yeah, I say, take that, kingy, and I shove it right in his face before I pull, pull the trigger, all gangster style. Paul, first of all, the king summoned us here to thank us for what we did the last quest that you weren't a part of, and second, he and his guards can kick our ass. I say, let's see if your guards can get out of this one, pussy, and then I pull the trigger. Oh, my God. Roll for initiative. Oh, uh, that's it. There it is. There. Barry, you can't, possibly can't let Paul roll for initiative, and everyone dies. There it is. That's pretty much how it works. Can I tell you my real D&D story about that? Can I tell do. you? Can I tell you? This I got the- a player in my game right now. <laughs> Yes, I got a, who I can see doing starts that. that kind of business. In fact, let me tell you about the le- okay. This is this is the worst conversation starter ever. Yeah. Let me tell you about this character. <laughs> <laughs> However, let me tell you about this character, and it's funny this could, should come up because last game everyone's fighting stuff, you know, and there's this ju- big abomination is chained up between two pillars, broke out of one, and it's roaring and oh big God. and yeah. mighty. And what's he do? I break the other chain. <laughs> are you fucking stupid? What are you doing? He That's did. what happened. He shot the king in the face with the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. And we paused the game there. Dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger. We'll see this what is what we get to come back around. to. You, you get, get to come back to some beat down. And let me tell you, <laughs> little, little secret information. 
That thing is not easy. <laughs> Imagine that. That is a solo creature. Shit. Have fun, fuckers. Right. You're going to find out what it takes to drag a dead body to the paladins up the road. <laughs> and a couple of you people are outright bloodthirsty motherfucking killers. Fucking killers. Not My me. girlfriend is yes. a motherfucking killer in yes, this she game. Is. Torturing motherfuckers, every one of them. Oh, I know. I have to leave. I, my character has to leave the room every time they get a solo with a guy. I slipped the throat. <laughs> and she's all calm about it too. She's like, a, she's like, a, she's like a killer. That's wow. Cold, calculated. That's why I wash the goddamn dishes. <laughs> now, so, what's your? <laughs> so this this is the origin of story? the uh, origin of the staff of the the Mogwai, which is oh. great. I wanted to play as a. I wanted to play in this game that was going on at Nerd Camp years and years ago. What's mm-hmm. Nerd Camp? This was. GSP. What's GSP? Governor Scholars Program. Okay, so nerd program. So nerd, nerd, camp. nerd camp. So anyway, <laughs> I'm there for four, five weeks playing, playing camp, playing college. Anyway, we're playing some D and D, and I wanted to get in. And uh, you know, these guys really knew their stuff, and I was just kind of flirting with it at that point. I, I'd really, I've really cut my RPG teeth on Marvel superheroes. That's what I used to play a lot. <laughs> that was a fun game too. That was great. Anyway, but uh, so. I got a jester, and I was looking for a weird weapon, and I found uh, Staff of the Staff of the Magi, mm-hmm. but I misread it. And you I got a Staff said, of the Magi. Well, I thought it said Staff of the Mogwai. Oh, so no. I was like, so I was like, I want a Staff of the Mogwai. So that's what it, that's how that came about. And they finally were like, reluctantly, fine. I'm like, yes, I have a stick with a gremlin on the end of it, and uh, you know, and I would shake it and we'd go Billy Billy. Anyway, <laughs> so I had this magic staff. <laughs> and you know, and and it was like they didn't really know what it was, so it could do pretty much anything it wanted to. Anyway, I've been playing the game, and I've been doing a couple of moves like you're talking about, like yeah, let the critter loose, or yeah, let the oh, yeah. you know. And they're like, they they were done with me in the campaign. They're like, let's get this guy out of here. So the the DM's like, uh, suddenly a hundred orcs rise from the ground and come running towards you, full head of steam, ready to kill you. And I'm like, okay. I bash the staff of the Mogwai on the ground, open up a giant crevice in the floor, in the in the earth, and they all fall into it. And he's like, "What? I'm like what? What? Why not? The, the staff of the Mogwai can do that." He's like, <laughs> "Bullshit! Fuck you!" And he's, he's like, he's, "He's like here, here." And he gives me a hundred sided die. He's like, "You roll a hundred. We'll see if that happens." And I fucking rolled a hundred on oh, the inside no! of and they were all so angry. They were so mad. I hit a hundred on a hundred side of this giant purple orb of a die. It was a literally hundred sided die, and it came up on a hundred. And I was like, yeah. And, and they were still like, okay, fine. The earth opens up, but there's still four of them clamoring to the to the to the side of the the, the rock, and they're coming up to kill you. I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking care anymore. That was awesome. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> so that was the best. That was my best. D&D experience, I actually rolled a hundred. <laughs> a hundred awesome. sided die when they Amazing. just didn't want me to do it. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Made me think maybe the guy had put it in a cyclotron or something to <laughs> wait it uh, down, but it popped a hundred, man. It was amazing. Well, just just to clarify, mm-hmm. I have faith it, that this that this character, that this person I spoke of who did this dumb shit last game mm-hmm. will do will do right by the party. Because he's starting his own D and D campaign, ah. whereas he is the DM, because he liked the D and D so much, uh-huh. so he'll get a taste of his own shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what it's like when you have children. <laughs> They're gonna make your life hell. No babies. <laughs> what else? Next coming away, number five. 
friendly fire ball. Oh. <laughs> that happens. Friendly fireball. Mm-hmm. Magic missile. Mages. Magic missile. Magic users. <laughs> Wizards. Whatever you want to call them. They have powerful attacks with long ranges and wide area effects. What they yeah. don't have, however, is, is an innate grasp of area, volume, or consequences. Yes, especially with Fireball. Yeah, oh, he casts good. Fireball in a freaking cave that, that, that ends 100 meters down the road from you. <laughs> down, the, the, the tunnel ends, and the blowback kills your entire party. I like to say there's natural gas in the cave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always fun. You're like... Everybody roll. Oh, crap. The fireball You're doesn't care who's on whose side and does damage to both. Many a D&D character has died by a wizard on their team by either casting before thinking or just not thinking at all. Maximized fireball. Number four, a dragon. What? Doesn't that follow into eating people? Not in this case, since dragon is part of the, part of the title of the game. DMs often like to put dragons as the final beast for the campaign. And Wizards of the Coast obliges this need by providing a variety of dragons, a variety of ways of getting killed, and they have massive amount of hit points. They easily shrug off any kind of sleep or paralysis attempts through magic or otherwise, laugh heartily about it since most of them are in an evil alignment, and they can hit you with a breath weapon, which usually does not hit you with the, the stench of the last meal, but rather acid, fire, lightning, sleep gas, so they can bury you up to your neck in the sand and slap your head around till they decide to bite into you like a Tootsie Pop. Yeah, they're huge. Unfortunately, dragons often have awesome treasure, meaning PCs usually try to fight the dragon anyways, even if they have no chance. Overall, when meeting a dragon, players can expect the experience not to be unlike seeing how long you can hold your character sheet above the paper shredder before you drop it. <laughs> Barry's campaign was the first time I had ever met a dragon in D&D. It was the first time I had ever seen a dragon in D&D. I don't know why. None of my DMs ever ran one, and I never... Because DMs realized that dragons are not to be used lightly. They're not lightly. So I pulled out the biggest, baddest dragon I could find and put him... Plop in there as a patron of the party so that you could actually meet a goddamn dragon and get I made, the idea how big it was. I made that aforementioned character you talked about, Neil, because he was going to tar- start spouting shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Talk shit to the dragon. I never got to yeah, use a breath weapon on someone. I wanted to see what happened if, if, if one hit someone point blank range. We ran into a skeletal dragon in the campaign that I did. Oh, we, we weren't we God. weren't supposed to go. He wasn't expecting us to go in this one direction we did, and we get into these caves. And, and, there's a skeletal and we dragon. ran into this thing, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh crap!" He's like, "Cause he had this whole spec sheet out for him, and he's like going to the back of his folder trying to find out the thing." <laughs> I still say that's dragon. a dick move. There shouldn't be an, a skeletal dragon down this line of the cave. Just that's that's mean. That's well, cruel. He, he was expecting us to go to this cave system when we were much higher level than we were, <laughs> and of course our our group leader said this. We, we go this to the curves. Long story short, it killed us all. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> it was immune dragon. to almost every weapon that we had. Yeah, because we it's so a low. dead skeleton. It's a fucking dragon. Yeah. It's a skeleton dragon. Of course, it's immune to everything. <laughs> it was only it was only vulnerable to edged weapons. Oof, and and on and, and even then. Okay, look for people who don't do understand. Dragons and shit like that that's super high level have what's called an armor class, and you have to roll a twenty sided die plus whatever your bonus is to hit that creature. Otherwise, it's too tough for its ar- its armor is too tough, or it's just too badass for you to hit. 
dragons and shit like that have like crazy fucking armor class to the point where even if you roll a 20-sided die and add all your shit all together, all the whole party, you're still not going to be able to hit this thing at your level. I think You know what? That's I, I what think that means. I, if, I, if I remember correctly... My ninja with his katana. <laughs> my ninja. My ninja. ninja. My ninja. <laughs> my ninja. Let me about my ninja. My ninja. When we when we face this thing. What I, was your ninja's name? George. I don't remember. The you Sam, do too. Jim, what was it? Mike. This has got to be like ninja? 15 years what ago. What was dude. it? Come on. Oh, God. I don't remember. Was it a fantasy name? Was it ninja like from He-Man? No, Ninjor. Is there a Ninjor in He-Man? Hell yeah, there's a Ninjor. It was the last wave of figures. The last wave of figures is a terrible figure. I own it, though. I have the original Ninjor. For the retardation of Grace. He wears cloth. I think I had to roll an 18 to a 20 on a 20, a D20. To actually hit him. Nothing. To actually hit him. And even then... Um, I think I did like minimal damage yeah. to him every single time. But you're time. a ninja. You probably so you half just kind damage. of vanished in thin air and then He-Man came and beat you. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I, the only I saving grace for my, uh, for my ninja was that... I would uh, love to fight He-Man. If I, uh, if I took damage, I could roll to evade it. Like after like my initial roll. Did but, it not uh, occur to your party to run? We tried. It just, it was, it was not I'll a... i tell you what, Barry. If a you dick run, GM. If I run that's what that was. If you run a Masters GM. of the Universe campaign, I'll make, I'll Paul, get there. I would be happy to run a Masters of the Universe campaign with just you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'd be, be adventurous, all I right. guarantee you. You are He-Man. Yay! You find yourself in Castle Grayskull. Oh, okay. The sorceress is all naked and stuff. Ooh. <laughs> and then... And then He-Man goes, I'm all gay and stuff! <laughs> and then Princess is just... And she gets it on with Tila, but you're not invited to watch because they're like that's that. That's her daughter. Not Gross. <laughs> that's her daughter. It's even awesomer. Gross. Moving on. Isn't there a porn segment of that mother or daughter? We're, we're somewhere we don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get out yeah. of this cave. We're My, here with ninjas, lesbian man, lesbians. My Let's bone dragon wants out. <laughs> the third most common way to die in D and D: you've pissed off the cleric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clerics are a tricky bunch. They're useless until your character's hurt. Then they're incredibly important. So if you want to get healed, your character very much needs to stay on the cleric's good side. And you have to stay on the cleric's player's good side, too. If your character takes the plus two mace, the character had the cleric character had his eye on. Clerector. 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 Or maybe you steal too many of the cleric characters. Cleric's two, the cleric. If you steal too many of the cleric player Cheetos, but piss off either of them and your character will certainly enjoy a slow death watching the cleric work on your epitaph instead of healing you. Oh, dude, I used to play a, I used to play a, a priest in WoW. You don't piss off the priests. They uh-huh. just stop healing you. Yeah. Unless Welcome your wizard accidentally Bill. obliterates your cleric. Going oh. back to the fireball. God, yeah. The, the first person to die, your cleric. Well, I guess we're all screwed. That's terrible. The number two reason for death: the goddamn dice. Yes. The D20. Oh, yeah. The D20 is a cruel mistress. Rolling two ones in a row usually equals dead. Even against monsters, you should normally be able to defeat. Then, like a baseball player without his steroids. You swing your axe wildly and without any accuracy. <laughs> Meanwhile, some sort of middling hellish beastie with necrotic damage is slicing you to ribbons. Zoro can't roll 20s to no, save his fucking life. No shit. <laughs> this usually happens when there is a baddie where nobody can save you. 
where they themselves could use your help. Players start swearing more than sailors lacking oars and whiskey. People cursing you, cursing the dice, saying the dice are cursed, saying that you are bad at D&D. Eventually, everyone is dead You're bad at with no hope of resurrection, and you all eat pizza angrily. <laughs> and the number one most common reason for death in Dungeons & Dragons, you stop playing. Huh? This is perhaps the most common and horrible way a D&D character dies. You get older. You get more responsibilities, and you find you can't do the all-night sessions anymore. you got a job to get to in the morning. You find yourself too tired. Mm-hmm. You then yeah. find yourself unable to do even the once-a-week session. Ugh. You have How do you kids, think I stopped playing the first time? A mortgage that. payment. Everyone else you know hasn't the time either. Eventually, you sell your books, and your character sheet's accidentally left in a notebook that gets thrown away when you're cleaning out your attic to make room for a collection of antique metal roosters. Oh, no. It is by far the most horrible way to die. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, that's how my... There, but for the grace of Cthulhu, go all of us. We must be careful. <laughs> I have so many characters I've thrown away. It's not even fun. And that is the big list. And that is the couch cast for this week, folks. Hope Pray. you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. Or here. I keep saying see, don't I? See, yeah. I see them. We'll see I see you. them all. And most of them, naked. I'll yeah. Let me draw you. Naked and flaccid. Hey, if you guys like the, the cast, if you're enjoying the cast, please uh, promote the website. Please go on Facebook and become a fan of the Ugly Couch Show on Facebook. Or sign if up you're for downloading our newsletter through iTunes, please give us a good rating because it does help us move up the list and become more seen, yep. more seen by the... Uh, We'd love that. Other iTunes. And thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. I am Master Torio. I am Dr. Lark. The famous Paul. Ladies, Jeff. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. (laughs) 